I'm Mariah, the Indo Doula, and this is your Chronic Illness Life podcast. You can think of it as your growing, living, firsthand endometriosis experience resource guide. Subscribe to hear stories that'll make you feel seen, to listen to different types of coping skills, and to be encouraged to live with endometriosis. Hello and welcome back to the Indodula podcast. This week I want to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart, something that I like to post about on Instagram, which I hope you follow me. If you don't, go ahead and press pause and hop over to Instagram at Indodula. Give me a follow and come say hi. I post a lot more tangible tips and tools on my Instagram and kind of continue the conversation from our podcast over there as well. So give me a follow. Today we are talking about self-advocacy and the reason that this is so close and near and dear to my heart is because I think it's critical. It's important for everyone to know how to advocate for themselves but is it is it's especially important when you have a chronic illness or when you are a birthing person when you are pregnant or bringing in a bringing a baby earthside however you are doing that like whatever uh path to parenthood you take advocating for yourself once you become a parent or as you're becoming a parent is extremely important just as it is in chronic illness and these two things are of particular importance because of the need to self-advocate with a disease like endometriosis there's so much dismissal in the medical community the average is seven to ten years to get diagnosed with endometriosis and that is due in part largely to the doctors that don't believe us to us being dismissed over and over again not being taken seriously and that isn't always because you aren't advocating for yourself there is so much that lies within the medical world that is outdated that goes against listening to patients especially women Um, There's a lot of misogyny in the medical industry and women's pain, especially involving our vaginas or our periods, is a taboo topic. And that is just something that is kind of gets, it gets in this gray area of being all of the reasons why our society doesn't want to deal with something like endometriosis it being something taboo it being a quote-unquote women's issue even though there are people who menstruate that are not women and there is just this like I don't want to talk about it deal with it part of society that goes that happens with that and that in part is a lot of the reason why It takes so long for us to get diagnosed. And so advocating for yourself is so, so, so critical in your endometriosis journey. Not only to get the diagnosis, but then once you have the diagnosis to receive the proper treatment, to receive excision surgery, to do whatever you feel is right for your body and your endometriosis requires 
you to advocate for yourself. So let's stop talking about that for a second and talk about what self-advocacy is. Because this is a word, a term that gets thrown around a lot, like self-care or another buzzword of the moment right now where you can be repeating it and maybe not even truly know what it means. Like what is the definition of self-advocacy? And so the definition is the action of representing oneself or one's views or interest. And an example of self-advocacy is something like it can be as small as you order food at a restaurant and your food comes out and it's not what you ordered. So you have this moment to just say, oh, whatever, I'll just eat what has been given to me. Or you can use your voice and advocate for yourself and say, hey, just wanted to let you know this isn't what I ordered. I would like what I actually ordered and paid for. And while that may seem like silly and just like a simple thing and like, yeah, of course, why wouldn't I do that? There have been times personally in my life where I've had so much social anxiety or have been deep into depression where I've felt like I can't even do that, where it was so hard to use my own voice that it was stifled and I didn't use it even in small situations like that, which then led into bigger situations that I didn't know how to advocate for myself in. And a lot of that was the beginning of my chronic illness journey was really just not knowing how to advocate for myself. And because of that, I definitely, um, I don't want to say wasted time, but spent energy and resources and, and time on certain avenues that really went nowhere, especially um, when I was, before I was actually diagnosed with endometriosis. I definitely spent time and energy and finances exploring things that were not related to endometriosis. And it wasn't until I realized that I had endo and started pushing the doctors to explore that and to listen to me and to look at my charts that I have kept for years on my period and my symptoms. And once I was able to voice my needs, to voice what was happening in my body and say, hey, this isn't right, that was when things really changed and the ball started rolling. And so while, like I said, certain situations can seem small and insignificant, it really is kind of like a muscle that you have to uh, work out and practice with to be able to do this in bigger situations, especially in situations that become traumatic or are under pressure or some kind of a time crunch, like in situations with medical emergencies or in the birth space, especially in hospitals. If you're birthing at home or if you're birthing at a birthing center, um, the experience is a little bit different, but in the hospital realm, it is vitally important that you can advocate for yourself and I say that with like an asterisk next to it because I don't believe that birthing people should do anything, should have to do anything but focus on bringing their baby earthside. They shouldn't have to advocate for themselves. For one, they should be ideally birthing an environment that they don't need to advocate for themselves in because it's conducive to their needs and to a physiological birth. 
However, we know that that's not always the case. And so there needs to be a designated person to take that pressure off the birthing person to advocate for themselves, like a doula, like me. And so there is actually a um, biological, I'm not sure if that's the right word, but a innate response built in to birthing people that whenever their body is in labor it's the same thing for animals they go off into a den into a safe place to birth their young and that's what a human craves as well as a safe place um, a dimly lit space something that feels safe and feels comforting and if a animal is birthing and they're approached by a predator they are not able to fight because of all their horm- all the hormones that are happening in their body the reaction is to um oh what's the word i'm looking for to comply their response is to make themselves smaller um comply with whatever is being pressed on them and so that is the same thing that happens like in a hospital situation when a birthing person is being pressured to maybe take pain medicine that they don't want to take or to have a c-section because maybe their body is taking a little bit longer than the doctor wants it to take in birthing the baby and so these are times that self-advocacy can be incredibly difficult to find your voice and to really be able to stick up for yourself and that is where somebody like a doula a um patient advocate, uh, your spouse, um, even having things written down or pre-recorded can really come in handy. And so going into a doctor's appointment or into your birth with some kind of plan, with like a birth plan or um, questions written down for your doctor and things that you want to talk about written down can be something that is extremely helpful especially when emotions are running high and there is that sense of pressure or um, that pressure from a medical team or a medical situation and so that can just help kind of alleviate some of that and have like a game plan already set in place and to help you advocate for yourself. So now that we've talked a little bit about what self-advocacy is and why you would need it or what situations it's really important to be able to advocate for yourself, let's talk about what it actually sounds like. Like what does self-advocacy, how do I do that in real life in situations where I need to advocate for myself, such as a medical situation or uh, a birthing situation. And so some of the ways that you can start by doing this is using sentences that start with I want, I need, I expect, and or no. And no is a complete sentence. That's something that we all need to practice a little bit more. We don't have to explain ourselves. No is a complete sentence. And in game done, no means no, even in birth, even in a doctor's office, even in a medical emergency situation, no means no. Uh, And your consent is absolutely 100% needed for any medical exam, procedure, 
medicine given, cervical check, um, birth control prescription being written, like whatever medically is going on needs consent. It's your right to play an active role on your medical team, on your birthing team. It's your right to inform consent and it is your right to maintain body autonomy at all times in every situation. So it's your right to inform consent. It's a human right. This is something that unfortunately we do have to advocate for and if we aren't careful, we can get walked all over, especially in the medical industry. So this is just something that I feel extremely passionate about teaching people how to do this better, how to make this a part of their um, chronic illness journey and a part of their parenting journey. Once you have a kid, then you have to advocate for that child as well because for a certain amount of time, they are unable to do so. And so practicing this, exercising this muscle is extremely important for many different reasons and the it actually trickles down the generational line and so just especially as women people that identify as women we it's in our history that women's voices go unheard or they're secondary and so that's just something that with self-advocacy every time you do so you take a little bit of that back you take some of your power back you take some of your voice back and the more that you do it the easier it becomes and the more you understand how much of your right it is like how much of a human right it is and that belongs to you and nobody can take that away and I know if you've had a traumatic birth or if you've had a traumatic medical experience, it feels the exact opposite of that. It feels exactly, everything I'm saying is like the opposite, opposite of that is what happened in medical trauma or a traumatic birth. And so it really becomes even more important to practice this skill if you've been through some kind of medical trauma because you went through a situation that did take your voice, that did take your power, that made you feel like things were happening to you instead of you being in control of your body and what, what's happening to it and allowing, consenting to things happening to yourself. That gets taken away in certain situations and it's scary and yucky and does not feel good and leaves behind trauma and stress and memories of that feeling. And so there are things around self-advocacy that you can work on. Some self-evaluation, spending some time with your past experiences and asking yourself, where are the points that are hard for you to speak up? Is there certain situations that are easier for you to speak up in and then others? If so, what are those situations and why do you feel like it's easier in that place versus another? And just to look at these kinds of things and look at where you sit right now and your ability to speak your needs and your wants and your desires. And you can start self-evaluating your own relationships um, how you do this with your spouse or with your parents or with your coworkers or with your boss. Like, that's a great one. How many people have advocated for the raise that they deserve? <laughs> 
But at the end of the day, it's completely your right to do that. Not only is it your right, I dare say that it is like more than that. And I'm not sure what word to say, but it's like your almost like your duty. Like you don't deserve less than what you deserve. And so don't allow someone to take that from you, which is essentially when you aren't advocating for yourself, what happens? Like that cliche saying of if it isn't 100% yes, then it's a no. And that's so true because when we say yes to things that we are unsure of or we don't fully understand or we're feeling pressured to say yes and we just want the situation to be over with, we aren't being authentic to ourselves. And then more negative feelings can harbor from that situation because you went into it not wanting to be there in the first place. And that's something that is very important and very um, connected to both chronic illness and the birthing realm and giving birth. We get pressured in so many different situations to make snap decisions or to, you know, a doctor presents you with this new medication and there isn't really like a conversation typically of like, hey, do you want to try this? It's like, hey, this is what you're doing. And so having that ability to pause and check in with yourself, having the ability to say, I need a moment to decide on this. Can I have five minutes to make my mind up? Can I call the doctor's office tomorrow and let you know my decision? Um, No, I do not consent. These are all ways to advocate for yourself. And it just being able to do that, it's like speaking your truth. And so it helps the whole process go with less trauma to you. And while I say that very carefully because I don't want to put any of the blame on you, it is not your fault, it is not, you did not build the system that innately works against us or doesn't listen to us, Uh, you are not the problem. So while it may not seem fair that you have to do all of this work to get the best medical treatment that you deserve or to have the birth that you desire, because it isn't fair. You shouldn't have to do all this. I so wish that it was more conducive to our needs, especially chronic illness and birthing people. However, it is not. So while it's not your fault, you do have some responsibility to yourself to learn how to take the best care of yourself that you can. And you can look at self-advocacy as a self-care thing because at the end of the day, that's exactly what you're doing. You're speaking up for your needs, for things that you need in your life, whether that be emotionally, physically, medically, environmentally, in a relationship, whatever it is, you are taking care of yourself and you're learning to do that better every day and every time you practice this skill. So I hope that you can take something tangible away from this. I hope that it sheds some light on my heart and why I feel so passionately about this. I do plan on making some more podcast episodes continuing this self-advocacy series, and I would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to your chronic illness podcast. I'm so excited to kick this season off with you. 
I would love to hear from you. So make sure you take a selfie of you listening to this or a screenshot and head over to Instagram, post it on your stories and tag me at Indodula so I can come say hi to you. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you on the next episode.